Super Sunday. I'm calling it Super Sunday. <laughs> Named it that because this is the trifecta. You know, we've had these last few weeks. On the 2nd of June, we had Vision Sunday. And following that, we had on the 9th, we had AGM. And we talked about the business of the church. We also had Pentecost Sunday. And this Sunday, we have a congregational meeting. We're going to get through that as quickly as we can. We've been setting it up for so long now that we think it wouldn't take very long, but that's part of what we need to do in terms of moving forward. We've got some proposals that we'd like to put before you, we've already put before you, and we'd like to have your approval on those this morning. So we're calling it Super Sunday. Not because I'm a super worship leader. You may not have noticed that, but I'm not. But because the proposals are super significant, not only for the church, but particularly for the community. I think you'll agree when you see them that they all have a focus outside of ourselves. Is this working? I didn't switch it on. So, we're thinking this morning about outside in. In fact, outside in is a way of thinking. Inside out is a way of thinking. Outside in is the way of thinking. The most common way we're taught to think, really, is inside out. We think from our own perspective and we go out from that and everything is out of us. If it goes unchecked, we become the center of our own universe, really, and everything else is out there revolving around us at the center. Obviously, as Christians, we have a different perspective completely. It's what we call in theological terms, Christological center. That is, it's centered around Christ. He is the center, and we revolve around him. He doesn't revolve around us. The universe doesn't revolve around us. Contrary to popular opinion, it's not about finding ourselves or individualism. It's about finding Christ, and we revolve around him at the center. So there's two different ways in which we think, inside out or outside in. Let me give you an example. If we put that in business terms, so imagine we had a business and we've got a product that we want to sell. If we're inside out, the, our view of the world is that everybody out there are potential, what? Customers. Consumers of our product. And we want them to consume our products because our center line is what? Our profits. That's what it's about. So we become focused on profits and how we might get more. And everybody out there is a potential consumer or customer for us. So that's one way of looking at it. Imagine that we flick that to outside in. Same product, but a different way of looking a different way, actually, of thinking. So rather than thinking about ourselves and our profits first and our own product and how good that is, we start with outside. And rather than being consumers, those people are clients. It's quite the difference. And if we've got confidence in our product, then we would like them to know about that, and obviously we'd like them to buy that, but they're clients. And if we have this outside-in thinking, then we think, is there possible clients? How could we develop our product or more products to meet what their needs are? 
and how could we improve where they're at and at a kind of sideline improve our own profit margins as well. And it's quite a different way of thinking because it involves a service mentality. So we start to think about client and how we could service their needs. Do you get the difference between that? It's either inside out or it's outside in. And it makes a world of difference. Now, what about the church? Very famous writer, very capable writer, now deceased, William Temple. As this great quote sums it all up, he said this, he said, the church is the only institution that exists primarily for, for the benefit of those who are not its members. Just think about that for a moment and let it resonate. The church is the only institution that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not its members. Do you agree with that statement? So if the church at any time just becomes inside out, because that's very outside in, is it still the church? Is it still the church? Now, William Temple was an insider. We could say he was a rank insider. He was an Anglican minister, a priest. That puts him on the inside, puts him on the inside of a particular group, inside a group, like these Russian dolls, isn't it? He became a bishop, so that puts him farther inside the organization, doesn't it? If you're an Anglican and you're a bishop, you know those Russian dolls are getting kind of nearer to the center there. And actually became an archbishop as well, which is about as high as you can go, I think, in the Anglican church. So really in the organization, a real insider, but with a wonderful way of thinking outside in. You could really see where, as you progressed within the organization, the church, more and more of your time and more and more of your focus or your thinking could be on the inside. But I think the fact that he became an archbishop was reflective of his way of thinking outside in. That's the way it should be. So when we meet for vision and when we meet for AGM and when we meet for congregational meetings, we should always know this, that primarily it's not about us, it's about God and it's about outside coming into where we are, not the other way around. Let me show you my new favorite quote. If you've read our proposals, you've already read this. If not, we've got some copies for you. But we sent this out. You're going to be seeing a lot of this. I love this quote. Here it is. The church is a gateway. It's for the community to enter in and a gateway for its church community to outreach. That's really good. So the church is a gateway for the community, those who are outside, to enter in. And the church is a gateway for those who are on the inside to outreach. And that was written by an outsider with a wonderful perception of the church. He's actually written a few things about that. He's in the proposal because he's actually a local architect. I'll tell you the story how we met. It's an interesting story. But I can tell you this, it wasn't in a church meeting. It was actually at a powerhouse in Brisbane at a show. We sat next to each other. 
He's not from within inside the organization. But I believe God's led us together, and I love the fact that as an outsider, he gets, without any teaching, he gets the purpose of our organization, the church. He wrote a few other things. Here's a reminder. The church, he wrote, its community and associated facilities act as a public gateway and facilitator to bring people together to share in diverse and intergenerational activities. This is what we do with our partners at Blue Care and the Child Care and the intergenerational program that they do together with our residents who live on site next door as Wesley Mission, as Young Care, through our op shop and through our community. And he put this, he rounded it up, he said, creating a unified destination. Supposed to be a single event space for church, creating a unified destination based around faith, hope, and charity. He called me a few weeks ago. He said, Oral, what was that statement that you said that got me all excited? Because we've been walking over the site, we've been working on a few things, and I quoted uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 13, I said, if I could put it all in three words, what we want to see on site here is faith, hope, and love, or charity. And he got all excited about it. And when he called me, he said, that's it. <laughs> that was the thing. Obviously, there's an architect coming in and trying to read this as a brief. He went, that's what it is. And he said to me, he said, you know, these are two. They're closed by nature, because that's a home where they actually live there. This one closes down at 4 o'clock every day. You have people coming in and nurses flying out, about 50 blue care nurses, and people coming in all during the day, but then it finishes, and at night and at weekends, it's closed. But he said this, the church, the church is the gateway that opens it up, and it would be a precinct that would open it up to the community and open the church up to go out into community as well. I love that. And I love that I have the opportunity to work with someone with skills and expertise like that who gets what we're about. Here's what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 10. By the way, 10.10 is the guiding principle for uniting care. I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life in all of its fullness. And uniting care, this is their philosophy, from being born until you die, we believe that it's our job to minister to you in all of those stages of life. So they've got lots in child services and child care, obviously people with disabilities, right down to respite. And we even have a facility where, parent, where families can go. It's called Hummingbird. When they have children who are terminal, terminally ill, it's the only one of its kind in country and it's part of Uniting Care in Brisbane. Here's what Jesus said in verse 9. I'm like a gate. Anyone who enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out. Back in that region in the first century, and still today, you can see constructions that are made out of rocks where it's like a temporary sheepfold, and they don't have gates, and they never have had gates, because the idea of that is simply this, that the shepherd is the gate. 
So when he puts those sheep in there for, for the night, he rests in that threshold. He has his back on one, his feet up against the other. He is the gate. Nothing comes out whilst he's there. Nothing comes in whilst he's there, except through him. So you get the idea. Jesus is the gateway. And that's what we want to honor. And we remember this, that Jesus didn't come to serve the saved, but he came to save the world. And that has never changed. It's never changed. Four things that Jesus loved, and if you like the priorities in which he ministers to them, he loves them all equally. And I hope this gets into your minds and it becomes part of your thinking for always. And it's this, the littlest, the least, the lost, and the last. Can you say that with me? The littlest, the least, the lost, and the last. I could give you scriptures to back every one, but you get the idea, don't you? What do you think the church is on that list? Last, last. Not in love, but as disciples of Christ, that's the position we take, we step back, so that the littlest, that Jesus talked about, blessed are these children, don't prevent them from coming to me. We'll be tired, anybody who gets in their way be big trouble for you and you must become like a little child the least that is everybody who has disadvantage like disabilities or is discriminated against that Jesus had particular emphasis for the lost that's just about everybody when Jesus saw the crowds the gospel said that he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd they were lost and then it's the last the disciples who were there facilitating at Jesus' side in ministry. So it's outside in. And to emphasize that, Jesus told a story, tells many stories, but in Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, he tells three, just to emphasize that. One's about a lost sheep, one's about a lost coin, one's about a lost son. We'll just go through the one. It says this, beginning in verse one, and it goes to verse seven. By this time, a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus and listening intently. What group did they belong to? Are they in or are they out? They're the outsiders, very much on the outside as far as the religious people were concerned. And they're hanging because Jesus is hanging with them and they're intently listening to his words. The Pharisees and the religious scholars were not pleased, not pleased at all. They were not happy, Jen. Which group are they? Inside. The inside group usually get upset at those who are outside. When Jesus told the story about the lost son, it's about two brothers. Remember, one goes off and wastes everything that his father had given him, finally comes to his senses, comes back in rags, was the father looking for him all the time, looking out to see if he could see his son was the older boy who stayed. He's on the inside and he's not happy and he can't celebrate that his, sons, his brothers come back. So here's the inside group, the Pharisees and the religious scholars. And they're growling and they're saying things like this. He takes in sinners and he eats with them and he treats them like they're old friends. 
He's actually treating those on the outside as if they were insiders. What a nerve. And Jesus, even though growling, says this, the grumbling triggered this story. And I know you're familiar, but it's good to remind ourselves as we look at our proposals today. And by the way, we'll just take a quick break to grab a cup of tea and we'll, we'll be in here and out in no time. But here's what it says. Jesus said, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and you lost just one of them. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go for the one that was lost until you found it? And they probably went, no. <laughs> Why would we do that? Why would you risk the 99? That doesn't make good sense, does it? If you're a shepherd and you're, that's your business, why would you put them at risk to go and get the one that was lost? Doesn't make any sense from an inside out point of view. Makes no sense whatsoever. It only makes sense if you're the one that's lost. Then it makes terrific sense. And it speaks to us. Because that's the Lord telling each of us how valuable we are to him. That if everybody was in and you were out, I'd be looking for you. When I read this or reread it, I had to go back and check. So I went, hang on, wilderness. I thought he left them in the fold. So I got different translations out. And no, it doesn't say he left the 99 tucked in for the night. It says he left them in the wilderness. The good reminder for us is that our security is not the fact that we're in church or we have a strong church or we have a strong denomination, or it's recognized, or we have great resources. That's not our security. Our security is only in this, that Christ is our shepherd. It's good that you have those things as well. But primarily, the good news is, are you one of his sheep? Because in this context, Jesus said this, my sheep, they recognize my voice, and they'll, they'll follow me. They'll not follow anybody else. He said, a thief climbs over the fence, but I'm a gateway. It's different. So he can leave those sheep with confidence and search with priority for the lost one. How good is that? And the idea is that even though we might feel in the wilderness and sometimes a little bit abandoned, we know this, that even though if we walk through a valley of shadows, we'll not be afraid because the Lord's our shepherd. So why would we fear? That's the assurance we've got. So Jesus paints this picture. And he says this. You go searching. And when you found it, when you put it across your shoulders, you carry it back. You're not scolding that, that sheep for being lost. You're loving it. You're returning it. You're being gentle to it. And once you get back, you rejoice and when you get home, you call your family and your friends and your neighbors and you say, come and celebrate. Let's punch some air together. Because the sheep was lost, but I found it. And this is what Jesus said. You can count on it. There is more joy yes, in heaven over one sinner rescued, rescued life than over 99 good people, church people, in no need of rescue. You get the outside in thinking of Jesus and the way it should be in the church, not inside out. The best way we can describe this so we get a feel of what God's heart is, is this way. 
Those of us who are parents or grandparents would relate to this more than we do with the sheep analogy. There's a man, he has five children. His wife's away. <sighs> Pressure, guys, you're, you're in charge of everything. And he's been doing a good job holding the fort for the weekend while his wife's away. Unfortunately, in the middle of the night when they're all, the kids are in bed, all five of them, and he's fast asleep, he, he's awoken by a smoke alarm. It's going off. And he jumps into action, comes out, the house is engulfed in thick, choking smoke. What does he do? He goes straight to the kids' bedrooms. He gathers as many as he can, clinging to them. He guides the others. The place is choking with smoke. Can't see, they're fumbling around. The alarm's going, there's panic. The kids are crying and screaming, you can imagine. But he gets them all out the door and onto the lawn. And he's coughing. He can hardly see. He's fumbling around. What's the first thing he wants to know? Are they all here? Are they all here? So he can hardly see and he can hardly breathe, but are they all here? Here's Mark. Here's Tony. Here's Karen. Here's Diane. Where's Jojo? Three-year-old littlest daughter. Where's she? Have you seen your sister? Where's she? He's panicking. Where is she? He can't see her. What does he do next? Does he say, well, four? It's, it's better than nothing. Does he go, I can't leave you in case because it's too dangerous. This is tragic. What does he do within, without thinking? According to the Father and the Father's heart and God's heart, he goes straight back inside. And there's no way that he's coming out without the youngest. He's either coming out with her or he's not coming out. We know this. And that is exactly the story that God's telling, or Jesus is telling, who is God. He's telling this story. This is how it is with my father. He will not, he's a poor loser. He will not let anybody be lost. He's going to do everything he can for as long as he can to make sure that everybody gets saved. So his expectation is that we as his church, you know, if we are his disciples, that we get that and we go, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, we'll hang here together. You just keep bringing people in and we will keep welcoming them and we'll keep rejoicing and we'll make sure we don't stray off in between. We'll stay where we are here. We'll make sure that this is a place where it's safe and where people feel welcome. It's not about inside out, it's about outside in. If ever we shift that and it becomes more about us and less about others and less about God, we cease to be a church that follows Christ. So what I'm excited about today and why I call it Super Sunday is because those four proposals that are before you, and we're just going to have a cup of tea and come back and get on with it as quick as we can, are supersized and they're of super significance. The first one is this proposal that we accept that we go to a provisional master plan for this site that is outside in looking. It will be factored in getting the land next door or not. We'll still plan on regardless, but we will plan that we get it, but we will build in accordance with that. And everything that we do will have that notion that you saw from the architect, and that is that this is a gateway. It's not a final destination. It's a gateway. 
And it's a gateway into the rest of the um, Northern Corridor where we truly expect that within, within this proposal we'll start to look at a next church as well. We'll be encouraging people to start another church. So that's proposition one. Number two is emerging leaders. And one of those leaders would be an associate pastor in this church. It would be someone who's new, and has gifts, who can help us with our strategy, which is not just to build and obviously uh, encourage a congregation. It's part of that, but towards the edge of the vision that we have with further plants as well. So someone who can come and be a part of that exciting vision. That's number two. Number three is similar. It's this, that we would have as part of our program community chaplains, at least three to begin with, who would work each two days a week, but with a focus to be outside in, around the agencies that we have around Blue Care. They could be a chaplain towards Blue Care, towards Young Care, the op shop, but they would see all those people within that as being in primary need of their support and their pastoral care and attention. Would have some responsibility in caring the church, but it would be divided outside in. That's proposition number two. Number three is part of this whole thing, and that is with our op shop and our contributions that we get after we've paid all of our expenses and paid all of our bills and our operation, we have profits in that. It is our determination that rather than those profits being shared between three churches where it's more in and out than out in, that that would end at the end of July next year and as lead congregation, we would take full responsibility as we already have for operations, but also for any profits after operations that come out of that would be missional. And that we would invest it 100% in the mission that God has for his church. And that is into the community coming back in. So it's outside in. Those are the four proposals in a nutshell. We have them printed out. You'll have time to read those if you're a fast reader of a cup of tea or you've already read them. And there'll be an opportunity for questions as well. Just to close, this is a constant struggle in our thinking in church. We are constantly tempted as we are in life to put ourselves at the center and to think of everything coming out from us. It's constant. In Acts 15, it happened as well. After the Lord had resurrected and things are going great, they're reaching out to Gentiles. A group came down of believers from Judea to, to uh, Antioch, and they started to say this amongst the church. It's great that you're being saved and that Jesus is saving you. But we think, as well as being saved by Jesus, if you get saved, then if you're men, you should be circumcised like a Jew. You should eat what we eat. You should have all the same laws and regulations that we had before we find Jesus. And some people within the church stood up and said, that's not right, that's inside out, and it should be outside in. So they decided they would have a church council, a congregational meeting with all the leaders present in Jerusalem at the big church, with Peter and with um, Paul, with Barnabas, and these kind, James, these kind of leaders. And in a nutshell, we call it the Jerusalem Council, what they decided was, as we would expect, that God is an outside-in God, 
that everybody's on the outside, God wants on the inside, regardless of the traditions, whether we were Jews before or not, and that we would not put this on a burden, an expectation, but God is saving these Gentile people. And he's wanting to save all people. So they concurred. It was their t- decision, that the proposal before them, that they passed was that we be outside coming in and never the opposite way. Through the centuries, the church has always gone flip-flopping back. Each time we have an opportunity to get our thinking right. And so this morning, what I'm saying is we have an opportunity to set our thinking straight, not only for the short-term future, but for the long-term future in this corridor of the Gold Coast. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've brought people such as us to a time such as this for a purpose such as this. We thank you that as small as we are, uh, we can be a part of, by your grace, things that have huge bearing on this community and on the future of people in this area. We pray, Father God, that we would take at heart always Jesus' words. Jesus who describes himself as a gateway, and we know that that's a public gateway. That's not a gate that restricts access, but opens it. And we know that the Jesus who brings us in also brings us out as well, and there must be that coming in and out always through Jesus. So we pray, Father God, as we come now to this decision time, that we would make informed decisions, guided decisions, guided and informed by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, and by you, Father. And so we commit ourselves to that task. And we ask that you speak very clearly to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, what I'm going to do, I'm going to switch things around a little bit here. And rather than uh, sing another song now, I'm going to suggest this, that we try and keep with what we've just heard and particularly what Jesus said, and that we, if it's okay with you, we go and get a cup of tea and come back to accept or not those proposals that were put before us. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Let's do that. We've already... Thank you for your prompt coffee getting. It's faster than Starbucks, isn't it? (laughs) Can we have someone check? Is everyone in? Thanks, Megan. That's great. Um, So, it is quarter to ten. This shouldn't take longer than half an hour. (laughs) The more questions you ask, the long... No, I'm just kidding. Ask all the questions you need to ask, obviously. Hey, Joel, can you run this around when someone has questions? If someone has questions. Oh, when you have the microphone, hold it up the top, okay? And it's like an ice cream, so you eat it. Don't lick it. There you go. See? You can hold it down here. It's not going to work. You've got to hold it up here, okay? And hold it above the yellow sticker. Would be great. All right. So, what we'll do is we'll pray to get started, and then we'll get started.
Dear Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you for the, the time we again have to gather in your name and as a congregation and that we can make some decisions moving forward in the life of our church. And Lord, we pray that you would um, be with us as we make these decisions and discuss them. And um, we, we feel strongly that this is the path that you want us to take as a church and a congregation in, the, in our community, Father. And you play, we pray that you would just um, um, really affirm that in our decisions that we make today, Father. So we thank you in your um, loving name. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, the first point of business today is church council member nominations. Now, Oral is going to speak to these because it's not as simple as first thought. Yep. So over to you, Oral. Sure. Um, <clears throat> we just have two nominations on there. Little different. We have Jordan, who I mentioned last week. Jordan was actually nominated a year ago. And in discussions, felt like the timing was wrong. Still feels that. <laughs> but when, oh, come on. So that's how we've come to that. We still have those papers from last time when John was nominated. And so we put him forward to be chair of council. Now, our regs require that we do that not by show of hands, but by secret ballot. So we will give you another week, and we'll do that next week. I know there's not going to be a problem, but to follow all the procedures, there has to be so much notice. Any questions about that position, Chair of Council? Yeah, so it'll be a name, Jordan, Joel, with a box, and you tick the ones you say yes to, and if you don't want to vote for them, you just leave a blank. No. No, no, no. no. It's Actually, there'll only be one... There'll only be one name, and that'll be Jordan's, because Joel is coming on as a co-optive. We only had two positions. That was a secretary and a chair. Joel's coming on because of his particular gifting uh, with planning. He works for the council in the planning department, so, and he has a passion for what we want to do here with the build. So Joel will come on as a co-opted member onto church council with a particular focus that will be that project and he will come on for the life of the project. So if it's like a cathedral build, he'll be on <laughs> for 200 years. <laughs> so, and the rest, yeah. Jordan. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so Jordan, do you want to stand? Just in case. Hello. Hello. It's Jordan. And this is Joel, the front as well. <laughs> Both have been uh, leading on council before. So those, those are what we put before you, and we'll ratify that next week. Next week we'll be back to normal with communion and everything because these last three weeks have been a bit different. So, so the so ballot next week will just have Jordan's name on it. Yep. Joel is co-opted on by the church council, so that's not needed for a congressional vote. Yep but Joel does not have a vote on the church council. He's just there to um, bring his expertise and his um, knowledge to the project. Yep. Jordan? Joel, 
Yes, I'll run while I'm on the spot. So, um, look, I, I, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be in church council, but I guess um, a, as much as, uh, uh, as I'm going to be in church council, I, I, re I really think um, we're all in this together, right? Yeah. So um, my call-out is um, while we have a church executive and, and they do a great job, um, really the, the proposals before us can only happen if we're all in as a congregation and they, they, they can't fall on the shoulders of five people who do a meeting once a month. Um, it, it really falls on all of us and that will, that will come out in all different expressions. But uh, this, is, this is my get out of jail free card. I'm, I'm pre-warning you before I go on church council that, that this is all of us um, and, and we can't leave it to three or four. Um, and I know that's the heart of the congregation and um, that's kind of why I'm happy to, to be part of it. Um, so that's my yep. little no, call out. Good point. All right, so are there any questions around the nomination process and what's happening? No? So we'll do that next Sunday. If you are not going to be here next Sunday and you would like to have a say, we will email out something this week that you can then reply to and give your yay or nay to that. Okay, moving on to our first proposal of four. Um, this one is regarding the master plan. Now, did everyone get a chance to see the email that came out earlier in the week with the four proposals? Everyone's had a read of them. Hopefully, you understand what's happening. Does anybody need one? Does anyone hard? need a hard copy? Basically, the proposal is to proceed to a preliminary master plan, which is a series of site plans exploring potential opportunities for the current site. Does anyone need me to go into further detail as to what that means? We are, we'll be um, employing the... Um, an architect at a cost of $9,570 um, to come up with a series of plans that we can then bring to the congregation around what we can do with the site with and without the block next door. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does anyone need or would like more explanation as to that? We have spoken about this a lot over the last little bit. No. All right, can I have someone to move that motion, please? Thank you. Mary. Mary, thank you. And someone to second that. Thank you, Roz. Okay, so the proposal is to proceed to a preliminary master plan. All in favour, can you please raise your hands? Anyone opposed? <laughs> Ellie Whitaker? No. Oh, you're a bit slow in that. Okay. <laughs> Don't write that down. I was going to say. Okay. The eyes have it. Well done. If we keep this up, we'll be out in f 10 more minutes. Famous last words. Famous last words. It's all good. You haven't seen me run a meeting before. In and out. Okay, the second proposal. Again, we have spoken about this at length in church and across other meetings. This is for the associate pastor at a 0.5 FTE. So, five days a fortnight. Um, this person is responsible for organising and coordinating activities that support the congregation and its missional overreach and will oversee or help support, oversee the church's operations and mission. So, the proposal is to engage an associate pastor for an initial period of two years with an option by Nine North Coomera to offer an extension. Does anyone have any questions? Jordan? Sorry, That's all right. I should have just asked. Um, what is the 
of of choosing sure. uh, who is responsible, yep. um, and then I don't really need to ask about timeline. But do, is it a J and C process for a pastor, or is it just a uh, is it church executive? Or just, I just no, it is a presbytery slash synod slash full process through that. So it's not a decision that the church congregation will make. It's a decision that the council will make along with presbytery and synod. Am I right with that yeah. one? Yeah. We've already been given approval to proceed. In fact, we were encouraged to proceed in this area. It was a suggestion that came from Presbytery initially. And because this is a, the position is the nature that it is, it must have PRC representation on that. And we, we have a name that's already been put forward who would represent Presbytery on that group. We've gone through a process already of um, shortlist a very short list, so we're ready to engage formally in a conversation if you give your approval as congregation today. Yes. Okay, so the question was, will Presbytery fund this? No, this money for this position is coming out of the um, mission fund that we receive from our share of the op shop. We've already done all the costings. We can afford to do it for the next two years and then moving forward. And then we'll get to proposal four at the end, which will help support that moving forward. Okay? So that, that money is already there, sitting there to be used. Okay? So that's from the op shop money, not from the church money. Um, half time. Yeah, so five days a fortnight. Yeah. So. Okay. Can I have someone move that we engage an associate pastor for an initial period of two years? Yep. Jeanette. Thank you, Jeanette. Jeanette. And someone to second that motion. Thank you, Des. And all in favour, can you please raise your hands? Thank you. Anyone opposed? The ayes have it. Well done. We're halfway there, people. Actually, we're 60% of the way there. We're great. Who? Jeanette. Des. All right. <coughs> Proposal three. So this is our community chaplains. Again, along with some other areas, some examples of places that they could be supporting our church community and our community as a, as a wider place would be around the op shop and the people that um, come into there. Blue Care and Young Care, our partners next door and behind us, and also with the youth in the community, the youth in the church, and things like that. So, do you want to say anything about this? Um, I don't think so. Very exciting. I've been invited to go up to Trinity next week, and actually, because they're, they're doing some of their chaplaincy training and speak about what we're doing. It's received a lot of attention, both at presbytery level, in a, in a good way, and beyond, because it is not just being in church, it's actually outside as well. And again, following our vision, we'll be targeting emerging leaders. There'll be a bit of crossover, but mostly we'll be trying to encourage, support, and equip those who are emerging as leaders, leaders within the church and as mission of the church as well. So we'll have a very strong and have a very strong link with our educational departments, that is Trinity College and New Life College at Rabina. In fact, they're the p people we would look to for the shortlist 
and processing. And we have with Rabina right now, with New Life College, we have a student placement agreement in place whereby this can be supported and facilitated and monitored between the college and us as a church too. So that is to get the best possible outcome for the candidates, also for us, but primarily for the candidates. So very excited about this. I think it's, it's going to be a way forward for the future as well. Same place as the last. Place. I was going to say that you jumped in too soon. The funding again comes from the op shop money and that has also been costed out yep. over things. So that money is still there waiting. Yes? Yes. Yeah. I know it's not done yeah. out of the way, but for, for them, it's just a matter of the building. Yeah. 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 That's something we're definitely going to be looking yeah. into, yeah, moving forward. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. So, community chaplains, um, they are two days. A week? Two days. Two yeah. days a week. But again, the option is that we can increase that. We've been asked by Presbytery and by the college to do six months with a review, and we, we, can, we can add extra days or time uh, following that review as well. So initially, six months, two days, which will take us from July to December, with an option to come back with further days or another year or beyond. And those decisions around employment are made by the church council as they're not um, they're at the same level at, as the associate pastor one. So that's the that's yeah. decision, decision the church council will make. Yeah. We don't yeah. need to go back. Presbyterian have already cleared that. Yeah. And because of the nature is different, we've already got the green light for that one. Okay. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. So what happens is we work with yeah. New Life College and with Trinity College, Bible Colleges, yeah. and they give us a list of people and then we have conversations with those people who are training to be ministers, yeah. missionaries, whatnot. So they'll all be out of the church and out of training as, or in conjunction with training. And there'll be people who will be part of our church community as well. All these people, obviously, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Okay. Are there any other questions around the community chaplains? All right, can I have someone move the motion that we start a community chaplaincy pilot program? Thank you, Jordan. Um, well, under youth, yeah. Will the, will the chaplain cover the Pack Pine School Jubilee? Yeah. In as much as we still have a partnership, we had a joint service last, well, on the 7th. I've got a meeting with the pastors and with the staff on Wednesday, once you've okayed this, it will be the person responsible for youth that will have a connection with Jubilee School as well. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, actually, um, to answer your question too, what I've done, I've also contacted the field supervisor for all chaplains in this area and have contact with them, and hopefully this week we'll be at actually meeting with the guy from 
our local school here, state school, to see how we can work together. So, so separate to a school chaplain, which is funded elsewhere, these yeah. are funded for mm. us, but we would definitely try and link in with the schools and the local mm. communities, absolutely. All right, so Jordan, put that motion forward. Can I ask someone to please second that motion? Who is that? Shona, thank you, sorry. Um, all in favour, raise your hands. Anyone opposed? All right, the ayes have it. Excellent, we're doing very well, people. Okay, proposal four is our mission reserve fund or our mission fund. Um, now, this relates to monies um, generated through the op shop, the profits of the op shop after all the um, wages and whatnot have come out and rent. Um, this is the profit that is at the moment currently split between three congregations, ourselves, um, Narang and Pimpama Uniting Churches. The reason there are three churches involved is because those are the three churches that initially started the op shop. Okay, so at the moment, um, those monies are shared. The proposal is that the profits from the op shop um, and those sharing arrangements with Narang and Pimpama will conclude in June 2020, that we would take sole ownership of the op shop and all its profits and Presbytery would commit to then supporting the other two congregations. Would you? <laughs> well, that's, and that's why Presbytery, and this has always been on the cards for us when we first moved here, that was um, what was supposed to happen and then things changed and so that is conversations that we are continually having with them. They all know that this conversation is happening we want our church's support to say, yes, this is what we, what we believe. So, yeah, I know Jordan's going to say something to say for me. Um, he's the reason we're going to be going long. Um, so, the profits generated from the op shop, these are the things that we've spoken about so far. So, our community chaplains, our associate pastor, the things we are able to do at Christmas time when we support the local communities and the schools, Okay, all of that money comes from the op shop. Okay, so that's what this is, um, this proposal is putting forward, that we then, that we agree that in 2020 in June, we are going to be the sole recipients of that funding and that Presbytery would support the other communities as they do. Well, you know, why should they agree? Why should they agree? They probably won't. But it's all, it's all Presbytery's decision to make. Um, no, I can answer that. I think they should agree because this is in our area and we've, we've gone a long time in the old model. It's time for us to do something different. It's time for them to do something different. Yes. It's time for them to stop relying on the cluster of three and to independently, each of them, to grow in their own situation and to be on mission in the environment. Narang have already been given permission to start their own op shop. I would imagine the same's coming for Pimpermar as well. So it's time. Uh, they've got a say and they've got a choice. How they approach this is up to them, same as it's up to us. And if we decide this is where we're going, then that's what we'll put to Presbytery. We won't go saying, well, the church council think this is a good idea. We don't know what the church thinks. We need to know what your opinion is before we go into those discussions. It's already been arranged. We've flagged this more than two years ago that this would end. 
And so as we come to that review, we want to go with a strong idea of what you want, and we hope what you want is that we time to move on. So it's not a decision that we're making on behalf of the other churches. This is yeah. already a conversation that's been happening. Presbytery make the decision as to what will happen with it because Presbytery is in charge of all of it, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Jeanette has a Jeanette. That's um, I, I don't I wouldn't I, want to. No, the question was, will Presbytery support them, and have they been supporting them already, like financially? Well, the money from the op shop has been doing that. They obviously Presbytery pay for their ministers in placement and things like that. Um, but I wouldn't want to speak on Presbytery's behalf as to what they will do to financially support those churches. Because your budget assumes that that's going to happen. Yeah. No. Well. Well, that's the whole. We we budgeted without that happening. But because we've got three scenarios, it would be prefer preferable to us that that does happen because it increases our missional capacity. We also want to start another op shop as well. It's not here as a proposal, but that would be a natural outcome of what we're doing. So we think it makes perfect sense and we believe it's God honoring and rather than supporting church, it's actually supporting mission. So that's why we're going ahead with this. Jordan? No, I'm good. Okay. You can have your say next week onwards. <laughs> All good. All right. Can I have someone to please put a motion forward that we will accept the agreement that this will end in 2020? No one's going to put that forward. Thank you, Roz. And someone to second that. Thanks, Chris. Yes. Thank you, Chris. All right. Um, all in favour that we um, conclude the op shop proper sharing? Raise your hands. Anyone opposed? Thank you. The eyes have it. Well done, people. It's 10 past 10. This is great. That was 24 minutes. Um, thank you. And I believe that's the last slide. Yeah. Are you still a bit slow there, Ellie? Shona, are you happy? Great. All right. We will close in prayer. Just one thing before Sorry. that. Uh, just before we do that, I do want to acknowledge the church council and those who continue, which is Dean doing an excellent job with the treasurer. We want to recognize those who leave now, which is Roz and Andrew. Roz is committed to 12 months on that, and we thank her for her heart and for her selfless service through that time. Andy was on for three years, three years as chair, and again, we thank him for his selfless duty to that and for his love for the church and so both for Roz and for Andrew could we show our appreciation for it? <laughs> and that goes for Dean too he's still got two more years of time to do <laughs> no parole no, no parole. parole at all no chance No. no, 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 it's all good. All the, all the goods come from this area too, by the way. They're not coming from, no one's driving from Pimpamar and no one's driving from Narang to drop goods off here. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we are going to close this off before we do run over time. Um, Oral, can you please yes. close in prayer for us? Yeah. 
Father, we thank you that your church has spoken. We believe you've already spoken. We thank you that your church is missional-minded, is looking outside rather than in, and is looking to you, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to take us from this place where you've brought us into that future that you have for us. We pray for all those who will come in under these things that we've discussed, associate, chaplains, people from the outside that we're yet to meet, good conversations with mission partners on site, and Father, we look forward to some more meaningful and deeper connections with our community, both immediate and this growth corridor along the northern corridor here. For all these things and for the resources that you've already entrusted to us, for your goodness and for your mercy, we give you thanks. And we pray your blessing in the name of the God the Father, the God, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit on each and every person. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Meeting adjourned. What about? Excellent. All right. Thank you all for coming. See you next week. <laughs>